Let's work. Yo, it's go time, show time, never back in downtime. One shot, yo, make it count, yo. Crunch time, shine time, make this moment my time. Get a grip, yo, ready, set, go. We bring the thunder. Bring the thunder. Magical evening. Welcome to Mountain Bears. I'm Mason Lane. Of course, with me the most is the plumbing cubby, Tacky Bear. <laughs> we and with me is my co-host, the uh, psychic that plans my insanity. I did not plan your insanity, but today has been off the rails and insanity. Hi, Brenda. We're Hello. here. We're here. Hi, Brenda, darling. How are you? Lovely to see you. Oh, it has been a day. And it uh -huh. started last night. I got to go and look and see yeah. what astrology shit went up last night. But we have to back up. Yeah. We have to back up about eight years ago. Eight years ago? Why are we backing up eight years ago? Because I put in a faucet eight years ago. Uh-huh. Apparently used Loctite on the wing nuts and the damn uh, supply line. Nope, I used Oak Hill City water on them because I cleaned that whole area real nice with water. Oh, well, cool. So last night was a very busy night for me. I got to go and take care of some what I call priestly duties and the massage. And in between me getting ready for it, someone started decided they started to question in a debate. A question and a debate? What? Huh? Yeah, a question and a debate. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 the movie thing. Anyhow. Yeah. We're not even. Yeah, we're going there because it all ties into everything else. Okay. The question was, so did y'all, have y'all ever been to the movies? Well, no, that wasn't quite the question. The question uh, was, well, that was basically the question, I guess. But Yeah. Uh, anyway, it turned into, well, no, the question was, what was the last movie y'all saw? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't remember if we've been to the movies. Uh-huh. And you were very convinced that the last movie we went and saw was Captain Marvel. Yes. And I was very sure that I don't think I went to see Captain Marvel because I have issues with seeing Marvel movies. It's not because of the movies themselves, really. I had an ex that was way too into them, and every time we watched a Marvel movie, it was like a two-hour movie becomes a four-hour event of pause and explain. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of like, no, I'm not interested in a movie franchise that requires, like, going all the way back to the original comics and coming forward to be able to watch the movies in order 
Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm not. Mm -mm, no. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Marvel boy. Right. But anyway. And I'm like, yes, we have been to the movies. All three of us have been to the movies. And then it got derived to whether him and the Invisible Assistant ever went to the movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, they did. And this challenged to the debate. And I'm like, no, y'all went to the movies multiple times. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm trying to remember, like, fully remember. And, I like, I'm just... You said it best, and I think you said it, like, kind of hatefully, facetiously, however you want to word it, was it's been a long five years. Yes, it has. There's been a pandemic, two deaths in my family. Um, you know, like, a lot of shit's gone on. I had neck surgery. Like, there's a lot here. Yeah, and I started giving dates and ranges to go look on the calendar which when I did, I not literally nothing pulled up. It was blank. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not working for me either. Uh-huh. So I don't know. It was it was is a whole company. It was a thing. So yeah, it's been a long damn five years. It's been a long yeah. time doing podcasts because we're getting ready to go into our anniversary. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's been like a long 20 hours. Because it's not even 24 hours we've had shit going sideways. Yep. So I go on, take care of my stuff, do my stuff, enjoy my time, come home. Mm-hmm. And I hear and bashfully Yes. Yeah, the kitchen sink's going nuts. Yeah. I'm like, who didn't turn the faucet off completely? Well, crap, the old ring is finally given the fuck out. Yeah. So he starts his, I'm going to buy an O-ring and fix it. And I'm like, no. Forget buy an O-ring. I've got a whole box of them over there. Fine. He was going to go through the parts box, find out the O-rings are so old they've now dry rotted. Because I've never, never, ever, ever in my plumbing history ever been able to get one of those boxes to last from one plumbing problem to the next plumbing problem. Right. They don't. They never do. They never do. They never, ever, ever do. Because the last time we used that box of parts uh -huh. was probably back four-ish years ago when we sold the house in Princeton. Yeah. Because the last thing that died in the house that I had to take care of was the damn faucet in the, what, bathroom? Or the kitchen? Both. Both. We got I ready to... The bathroom. Yeah, you fixed the bathroom one. I started the kitchen one, and that was for my neck surgery, and it was a whole nightmare, and it was like, honey, fix it. And we got it fixed, finally. It was a nightmare. Right. But anyway, yeah, anyway. you have to store them a certain way, and they have a shelf life anyways. Exactly. Like, exactly. I've never had one of those boxes. Thankfully, they're cheap, but still. It's like, That's forget it, just get a new faucet. Yes. Just get a new faucet. Just fine. I've replaced this before. We've replaced one before. I can work with you. In either mm -hmm. role, the doctor or the nurse, I can work with you. Yes. Well, we both found out that we are certified nursing assistants at this point. Exactly. Barely. We're administrative. We yeah, are really. administrative. At this we're the director point. of nursing, actually. That's where we are. Yeah. Which, Which I got a deal for everybody that wants perennial gardens. 
if you want to put oh, your garden, Lowe's has their their bushes, their roses, their berry plants, anything that is perennial at 50% off. Okay, that was a squirrel. Anyways, so we bought the he bought the faucet. We start working on this. We tried. We failed. We called in semi-professionals. <sighs> Actually, they're professionals. They've worked like before our for a company. We oh, called them in and said, can you just fix it? Like, we are done. Just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Just I will write you a check. Like, I don't even care at this point. I Like, your back was screaming. My neck was like, mm, no. Plus, I, like... The devil joy, like I, we've already made determinations for future kitchen remodel. Yeah, never again mm -hmm. do we have the double door with um, the four line of drawers down mm -hmm. the side sink cabinet. No, 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 I, no, no. I am double door only. Well, no, I've gotten very much into the. No, I want my sink in the middle of the damn kitchen on an island. That can be my counter space in front of that lovely window. Uh huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm Wait, down the with next it. time I just open a panel and pull and roll my wheelchair over there and do it from here. Yes. Of course. Then at that point, you know, we'll be working with fingers that do nothing and arm strength that died. Uh huh. Like that's where we're this at. This is how this goes. This is how this goes. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just, it was a moment, it was a moment of total frustration, like, and simultaneously, because he was like, I'll do it, like, not in an angry way, like I just said it, but like, he was like, I'll do that, you go handle this client, and I'm like, okay, cool, and so I'm sitting here trying to create graphics for a client, and <laughs> he's under the sink. And it's just one string of expletives after another, followed by, can you bring me this? <sighs> yes, dear. So it's like wiggle the mouse, start on the client project, go hand him something, come back in, wiggle the mouse a little, go back, hand him something, come back in here, realize that what he just said and actually meant mm -hmm. was that he was going to have a cigarette once I brought them to him. Uh-huh versus I'm going to have a cigarette and I thought he was getting up out of the floor. Um, That that was not it. And then he's like, fine, I guess I'll get them myself. And that's, oh. Yes. Yes, okay, fine. I'll be right back. So wiggle the mouse, finish, you know, like do some more on the client thing. Go back in the kitchen, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like this client thinks their graphic took like 45 minutes. True. It took five. Three. <laughs> five. Okay. But no. And I'm there on my back working, trying to get the... And I can't move nothing. I've done dropped the the, the long-handled pliers three or four times. I've had mm -hmm. him give me the crescent wrench. Nothing's moving. I'm like, fine. I'll smoke a cigarette and give it another try. You know, at a different angle. Oh yeah. yeah, kitchens kitchens too small. Kitchens, yeah. yeah. The kitchen. No, well, see, here's the thing though: we don't have anywhere to expand the kitchen to unless we take out the wall between the dining room and the uh, kitchen and turn it into an eat-in kitchen. We've really considered that, 
Um, we've seriously considered that. Well, what's here um, is that kitchen's supposed to be an Eden kitchen. Like, I just had the thought yeah, earlier. The, the, yeah, huh, the original kitchen is an Eden kitchen. Um, which is true. Yes. If. Uh-huh. And only if. Right. There is a full old school cast iron kitchen sink cabinet center. Uh-huh. And a, you know, a, a stove and a refrigerator placed all on one wall. Uh-huh. Which again, none of the, the kitchen makes no sense to me. I swear to God, it got flipped from its original. Yeah. And like everything got moved because mm -hmm. it makes sense the other way, but the way it is, it's like who in the world mm -hmm. did this? Yeah. Like bless its little heart. It's trying. Well, it's built as a galley kitchen and dining room put together. Yeah, which would, it, but it only makes sense if you flip it, right? And put the sink on the in, inside wall, and put the uh, put a eat-in table in the big corner that's created on the other side, right? With the window, right? And it's like then it works as an eat-in kitchen. You can make it happen. You can put a little pantry in the corner. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Life is fine. Oh, that's what that hole is for. A water heater. That's what the hole's for. Ah. Y'all kept thinking it was a stovepipe. It's a water heater because they didn't used to have a built-in uh um because um, the the house has had a few floor plan changes, but anyway, the back stoop turned into a um uh like laundry room slash uh mm -hmm. water heater right uh location. Right. And then that was scabbed onto with the back porch to make an office. Right. But so Shannon, the kitchen is 10 by 11. Or the boiler was outside. That also would make sense. Again, it's weird. It's insane. We're just dealing with it for right now. One of these days, I will have the pleasure of a sledgehammer. Yeah, unfortunately, the lot shrunk. Yeah. Um there there was there was a sweetheart moment of um the the previous neighbors and the previous tenant of this mm -hmm. house had an agreement to share a garage. Well they were the family. garage. Yeah. Well they were family, yeah. Um so they built a garage across the property line. So we if you want to get technical by deed, you can uh, snap a chalk line through half the neighbor's two-car garage, mm -hmm. and we own it. Um, that's never been the case. Um, and at this point, it's now adverse possession of the property. So we have like, I don't know, four foot, three foot on one side of the house. Uh -huh. Four foot. Let's call yeah. it four foot. Uh, on one side of the house, and we have a basic car with. Uh-huh. Like, don't get crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, we paid taxes on it, but here's the thing, is once you set it a building on it, and it's been there for more than 20 years, it doesn't matter what the deed says. Right. And, I'm, and you know, and our neighbor... Not that, that we one would. One neighbor in this neighborhood that I actually like... Mm-hmm. There's two sets of neighbors. Like, we really don't begrudge like. them their garage. We don't begrudge them their garage. But we don't it, want it, their garage. I don't need their garage. 
you have to explain it to for it to make sense as to what the whole situation is. Yeah. Um, you know. So Ugh. Ugh. anyhow. But so that would that happen. Yeah. I realize I can no longer do routine repair work. I need a handyman. So we have that, and we called them, and they came right out. They were here within like an hour. It was amazing. I was mm-hmm. thrilled. Yeah. And they did the whole whole uh, ho ho laws of of the universe were broken this evening. Mm-hmm. In only one trip to Lowe's, mm-hmm. the sink was fixed. Right. I did not know it was possible. And I have spare parts. Hmm. Well, that's that's always. Um, but no. So then, then we go to pick up the invisible assistant from work, and I've dropped him at uh, Walmart. Yep. And so I have to, you know, drop the invisible assistant, go back to Walmart to get him. And uh, so anyway, pick up the invisible assistant, and I'm I'm taking this little on ramp, and I'm like. Invisible assistant, is it just me? Or does it look like one of the headlights is out? Like the driver's side headlights out? And he's like, no, I can see where the two converge. And then I flipped on the high beams and he's like, yeah, I think the driver's side headlights out. Because it went from this little narrow band to like, woof. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I think the headlights out. So we got back here, headlights out. So of course I'm like, I can do this. I have done this. I should have known better. Because mm-hmm. I'm expecting to change it in the Walmart parking lot. So I go to Walmart and buy my bulb, bulbs. Because you always replace headlight bulbs in pairs. Never, ever, ever do you ever replace one headlight bulb. Words to the wise. Yep. So I get the bulb, I go out to the car, I pop the hood, and I realize, no, 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 this is not my Festivo where I can just reach over and unclip the thing and pull it out and pop the bulb in and pop it back in place and reset the clip. No, 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 no. I have to remove the grill cover. I have to remove a retaining bar. I have to lift out the headlight assembly. Then and only then can I access the retention bar to pull out the... Yeah. 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 So, Joe will be doing that tomorrow, and I'm staying the heck out of it. Well, that's after I recovered from the process of buying a bulb at Walmart. Uh Walmart has now put, uh, at least at ours, has put the bulbs in a locked cabinet. Yep. So you have to press the help button Mm -hmm. and wait and then when it quits messaging you have to press it again and again to finally get someone to come unlock the cabinet to get the bulb but no i had the initial moment as i'm looking at the shelf for my bulb Mm -hmm. they used to put the cheap ones on the bottom shelf Mm -hmm. i look down towards the bottom right And here is the twin pack of bulbs for $45. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And I go, oh, no, that cannot be the cheap bulbs. Right. Like, please, no, not, not, no. Thankfully, looked up, and they have reversed that. Apparently, everyone used to look at the bottom for the cheap bulbs. Now they put the cheap bulbs at the top. Word to the wise, look for mm -hmm. the top shelf now. Um, yeah, so $20 for light bulbs. And no, we have not watched Ring of Power yet. No, we have not not watched Rings of Power. Sounds fun, though. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen previews for that one. Right. I have to think. But yeah, no, it just... Like, why? I want an easy button. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm at that point today. Right. It's like, so I'm going to have my tea and I'm going to have my cigarette and I'm going to let y'all laugh at us because it's funny. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. It's all funny. Mm -hmm. It's not funny right now. <laughs> it really isn't. Right yeah. now, it's just. Uh, yeah, Jerry, the easy button is called The Garage. Oh. I don't know. Like, pick our poison on garages. Like, right. There's one, like, there's one good garage, like, one good gar garage in town. They stay book solid. Mm -hmm. um, one will probably try to sell us, you know, light bulb fluid. Yes. Um, because they think everyone's that dumb. Right. Um, one will, you know, turn it into a multi-system repair. Mm-hmm. And then one will be like, you know, replace the car. <coughs> Just buy a new car. Yeah. You can buy a new car, right? Right. Like, uh, hi. Hi. I just struggle with rural West Virginia. Because we're yeah. rural. Like, you tried to argue with me at one point that we were not rural. I'm like, no, we're rural. This is rural West Virginia. This is, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Agnevon, four garages and problems with all four of them because we're not, you know, part of their interwoven family tree. Exactly. Because it's West Virginia, and if you don't have a cousin that does that, you're fucked. Right. Like, can we just talk about that for a minute? The whole West Virginia. If you don't have a cousin that does that, you're screwed. Right. Like, if you didn't marry a cousin, well, no, okay. Sorry, I said that wrong. That's <laughs> not what I meant. Although it helps. Yeah. Um, no, if you don't marry someone who has a cousin, mm -hmm. or you don't have a cousin, or or more nuclear, like cousin is as far as it goes. Once you get to like fifth cousin, twice removed, it's like no, you're still, mm -hmm. you're not family. Oh. <sighs> Oh, coming to my friend's house is probably a little a little far to drive for light bulbs. You know, I'm starting to get to a point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking to see if there's anything interesting. Well, we know the January 6th committee voted live to subpoena the Humpty Dump lost these brain stick. Oh, yes, but, oh, 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 speaking of, though, did you hear about the most interesting case so far, the most, like, I don't know, iconic case so far? 
Go for it. The family of five who all got sentenced on the same day for their involvement. No, do tell, do tell. Okay, let me pull that one real quick. Um, I I saw that one and was like, wait, what? Uh, so Texas family of five sentenced in January 6th case. Uh, five members of a Texas family were sentenced Wednesday for their roles in the assault on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021. District of Columbia Chief District Judge Beryl Howell sentenced Don and Thomas Munn to 14-day prison sentences, three months of home confinement, and three years of probation for their roles in leading four of their eight children into the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Three of their adult children were sentenced to probation, with the oldest child, Christy, also receiving a brief period of home confinement. Mm-hmm. The Munn family of Borger, Texas, had pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge, acknowledging they spent nearly an hour inside the Capitol on January 6th, uh, including time in a private Senate, conf- Senate conference room. Members of the family were accused of bragging about their roles on January 6th or of misrepresenting the size and scope of the attack and damage. One of the five was accused of blaming police. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the sentencing Wednesday, Hal called the U.S. Capitol breach a catastrophic breach of security and said the Munn family participated in a mob that stopped the democratic process. Um, The judge said Thomas Munn should have known better before leading the family into a chaotic situation. Um, now it gets better. Right. Um, let's see. Do, 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 because Don gets fun. Oh, oh, where is it? Where's the quote? Where's the quote? Oh, come on. So anyway, apparently mom, while add, uh, uh, you know, this family, uh, apparently while begging for leniency, Mm-hmm. Also, still claimed, was still claiming to what twenty one months on, I do believe, mm-hmm. um, that that the election was stolen, that they that the people are being lied to. Like she is still, mm-hmm. still begging for leniency for what she did, right? Simultaneously, right? Simultaneously, claiming that. It was a rightful action because, you know, Trump. Oh, whatever. And bullshit. Yeah. I, like... Like, arrest him, too. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just wondering where the other four kids are with this. Like, are they just like, oh, my God. Like, cover our faces. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) So it's nice that they, they did everything as a family and even gotten sentenced as a family. I wonder, nope, they can't serve as a family. <laughs> no. So that's five people that will now probably have a problem registering to vote again. All right. At least for a little while. I don't know. Does Texas have automatic voter right uh, or how far? Well, it was a misdemeanor charge. Never mind. They didn't lose voting rights. Right. Most likely. Most likely. Ah, uh, yeah, because that's felonies only. Well, let me see. Because I think there's some. 
Oh no, Texas voting rights restoration. Yeah. Um, it's a Republican state. They're doing anything to get a vote. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Any who's it? All right. Oh, we had joy. We had fun. Yeah. And then the beta program for the student loan program is now going to be active within 72 hours. If you owe student loans, you should apply for it. Oh. So, yeah, the Biden administration has opened the application process for Americans seeking student debt relief in a beta period starting Friday evening, officials told CNN, allowing applicants to begin signing up before the website is formally unveiled later this month. In August, President Joe Biden announced his decision to cancel up to 10,000 student loan debt for individuals making less than 125,000 a year or as much as 20,000 for eligible borrowers who mm-hmm. were also Pell Grant recipients. Tonight, the Department of Education will begin beta testing the student debt relief website. During the beta testing period, borrowers will be able to submit applications for the Biden-Harris administration's student debt relief program. A spokesperson for the Department of Education told CNN <coughs> exclusively Friday. Right. And so that website will get ready to drop down here because, you know, we all want to make sure we overwhelm that with the reality of being broke in the 21st century because, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, actually, sorry. One second. I'll paste that over here. So that website is studentaid.gov debt dash relief forwards. Oh, excuse me. Studentaid.gov forward slash debt dash relief forward mm-hmm. slash application. So we're getting ready to hit send on that. Y'all have that in just a second. There you go. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, you will receive a confirmation email that your application has been submitted, but it will not be processed until the site formally formally launches, expected Mm -hmm. to be announced date before the end of October. Well, here's my thing with it is I wonder how fast it'll crash. Quickly. Okay. Like, guys, I'm serious. it, It happened with the healthcare. It happened with everything else. It happens a lot more. Well, yeah, because they're I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, you have the entirety of basically you have the entirety of millennials. Right. The entirety of Gen X. Mm-hmm. The entirety of, you know, what the hell ever was before that. It wasn't boomers, was it? Yeah. Right. Well, the boomers have already paid off their student loans because, you know, they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps with, you know, $1,200 homes. Right. Um, you know, that they now sell for five million. Right. Um, so you know, they paid a student loan or two. Um, but no, I mean e- like Gen X is still struggling to like, you know, good luck. We might pay those off one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, millennials, we got the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you have to go to college if you want to make something of yourself. Do you want to flip burgers or pick up trash for the rest of your life? Because that was what we were told the two alternatives were to college. Right. Someone forgot to mention plumbing at a like I don't know was it 120 an hour normally? 
Yep. And, uh, you know. The electric goes around 140. Yeah. Yeah. Auto mechanic is currently rate is $150. $52 an hour the last time I was quoted on something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Shannon points out my stepdad's uncle bought their house for 20000 mm-hmm. And then it sold for $2.5 when they passed away. It wasn't even a nice house. And I was like, are you kidding me? No. 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 We are watching the two houses on this street very closely because it will affect my comps. The last time I checked the comps on this house, just a standard two-bedroom home, um, starter home from 1954, the wood floors in it alone is worth something because I don't know what the wood is. It's some special type of oak. But anyhow, um, I paid 17000 when we first bought the house. Yeah. Well, and I don't mean to crap on the house, and I don't mean I don't mean it this way when I say it. But I'm uh, at this point since they've put the you know giant consolidated school in, mm-hmm. I'm expecting this na- entire neighborhood mm-hmm. to quickly get to a point in which they don't even care if the house stands, right? Like. Douse it in kerosene, light a match. The lot, mm-hmm. the improved lot, mm-hmm. is worth. Yeah, money. Right. Well, the house, the property here is looking at one twenty-five. The last time I checked the comp, mm-hmm. the house down the street they're trying to sell for one fifty-seven, and it's the same house minus the two additional rooms. Yeah. It's the same minus two additional rooms, or it's the same plus two additional rooms? Minus. Minus. Okay. Yeah, they did not build in the two back porches. Oh, yeah. 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 And so that doesn't have a carport. Yeah. Yeah. So. All righty. Yeah. <clears throat> but base floor plan. Yep. Like, same attic, same right. cross space. Yep. Same square foot. Except basement. Huh? A basement does a lot. Well, you know, I find me a couple little people. We'll start digging. We can go six no. foot down. No, we're not doing it. No, no, dear God, no. Um, well, because the problem is you'll get below uh, potentially the uh, um, foundation. We still have to go six foot down. Potentially. Well, because there are some differences uh, or potential differences between our house and most houses with a crawl space. See, they built this whole neighborhood in it's kind of cool. It's also kind of what the hell? Um, basically they built the entire neighborhood and made all the houses options. Uh-huh. As in, as they were, like, they were building houses while selling them. Uh Like, they started building a house before they had sold it, or before anyone actually wanted it. And then they build to suit off of what you chose Uh during construction. And so, in their pre-build process... 
they were doing everything like it was going to be a um, house with an upstairs and a basement. Mm -hmm. But then if you didn't choose the basement option, they didn't dig out for it. Right. But they had dug down Mm -hmm. for the walls. Right. And if you didn't choose the finished um, second floor, they just gave you an unfinished attic. Right. And they pre-wired it. Yeah. Both. I'm like, and, and may I point out both, both the attic and the crawl space are wired mm-hmm. and have for outlets and lights. It's just not tied into anything. Well, the lights uh, in the uh, basement mm-hmm. or could be basement. Mm-hmm. are tied in the um outlets or not right i'm like this is the most <laughs> insane construction theory like you couldn't even start that today without someone going you lost your damn mind right. you're gonna build a six uh, well set eight foot foundation mm-hmm. in a trench basically mm-hmm. and then if they choose uh-huh like you're gonna dig down for like the whole like you're gonna do everything but pour a floor for a basement, and then if they choose the basement, you're gonna excavate it. Like I'm just sitting here going, people are crazy. Yeah. Why? No. Well, it's like I don't understand why we have two by four walls. Not two by four. Two by six walls. Yeah. Like, the outside of my house is two by sixes. I know, I've seen it. It's not sheathing, it's two by sixes all the way up. But then I remember they built this on a mine. An active mine. There's an it was an active mine underneath. And the potential of a second floor that got used. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you have to do bigger framing when you plan for a second floor. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Like, because there were two options. You could have had a finished a- a- attic uh, bedroom. hmm Like, a little Jack and Jill kind of setup. hmm Or, it looks like their option two would have been take the, the roof off, jack it up, and then do an actual whole second floor, mm-hmm. corner to corner, with an attic... Uh huh. Because we've seen that one as well. It's just like this neighborhood is like all the houses look sort of cookie cutter. Uh huh. Except it's like the cookie cutter was elastic <laughs> and they just went, woo! Well, that used to say that what they did was they bought one set of plans and passed them from neighbor to neighbor to neighbor. Yeah, basically, it's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 wow. Yeah. And then it's interesting to watch the houses morph because the houses are now multi-generational. You know? Yes. You know, our neighbor is actually the third generation to live in that home. Yeah. Like it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Really, well, truly is. It is. Other things that are nuts is Remember how Asen's trying to get to the point that he can go live? On TikTok? On TikTok? Yeah. 
I'm not sure I really like this. Hmm. Okay. What'd you find? Um, TikTok profits from live stream of families begging. Ooh, no, TikTok. Evil. Though it sounds like it's probably going to be one of those oops moments. Um, so displaced families in Syria camps are begging for donations on TikTok while the company takes up to 70% of the proceeds a BBC investigation found. Children are live streaming on social media app for hours pleading for digital gifts with a cash value. The BBC saw streams earning up to $1,000 an hour, but found the people in the camps received only a tiny fraction of that. TikTok said it would take prompt action against ex exploitative begging. The company said this type of content was not allowed on its platform, and it said its commission from digital gifts was significantly less than 70%, but it declined to confirm the exact amount. Earlier this year, TikTok users saw their feeds fill with live streams of families in Syrian camps drawing support from some viewers and concerns about scams from others. Mm-hmm. Why do I get the feeling this is going to be one of those things that, like, okay, so on a digital gift of $100, mm -hmm. it's probably, like, 2.5% is a credit card uh, fee that gets lost. Mm -hmm. Another 2 to 4% is a transfer fee that gets lost. And then there's another, mm -hmm. like platform fee whatever of x percent and then yes tiktok only takes like 54 percent oh no this seven. gets worse you know oh no it gets worse yeah oh so in the camps in northwest syria the bbc found that the trend was being facilitated by so-called tiktok middlemen who provided families with the phones and equipment to go live the middlemen said they worked with agencies affiliated to TikTok in China and the Middle East who gave families access to TikTok accounts. These agencies are part of TikTok's global strategy to recruit live streamers and encourage users to spend more time on the app. Um, yeah, since TikTok algorithms suggest content based on the geographic origin of a user's phone number, the middlemen said they prefer to use British SIM cards. They see people from the UK are the most generous gifters, mm -hmm. uh, said the grifters. Uh, is what I'm taking that as. So, yeah, this is, like, insane. Yeah. All right, the gifts they're asking for are virtual, but they cost the viewers real money and can be withdrawn from the app as cash. Live stream viewers send the gifts ranging from digital roses costing a few cents to virtual lines costing around $500 to reward or tip creators for content. Mm -hmm. uh, for five months, the BBC followed 30 TikTok accounts broadcasting live from Syrian camps for displaced people and built a computer program to scrape information from them, showing that viewers were often donating digital gifts worth up to $1,000 an hour to each account. Mm -hmm. Families in the account said that they were receiving only a tiny fraction of this. Uh, however, when TikTok declined to say how much um, it takes from the gifts, the BBC ran an experiment and tracked where the money goes. The reporter in Syria contacted one of the TikTok affiliate agents and said, uh, saying he was living in a camp. He obtained an account and went live. 
while BBC staff in London sent TikTok gifts worth $106 um, from another account. The end of the live stream, the balance in the Syrian's test account was $33. TikTok had taken 69% of the value of the gifts. Okay, so this gets better. So the uh, so BBC did a $106 gift. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the, so keep that in mind. The $33 remaining from the $106 gift was reduced by a further further 10% when it was withdrawn from the local money transfer shop. TikTok middlemen would take 35% of that remainder, mm-hmm. leaving the family with just $19 out of 106. Right. This is insane. Like and I know what TikTok is trying to argue, or at least trying to argue, is like what people have been saying all along is that it's not the best platform financially for creators. Right. And, you know, but TikTok's trying to be like, no, 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 That's not what happened. And it's like, but it is. But it is. Right. All right. So, <sighs> this dude now broadcasts for 12 different families in for several hours. Um, a day. A day. Um, and Hedman said that he uses TikTok to help families make a living. He pays them most of the profit, minus his running costs, he said. Um, other than the middleman, Hensman said he supposedly... Uh, he, he was support, supported by live agents in China who work directly with TikTok. They help us if we have a problem with the app. They unlock blocked accounts. They We give them the name of the page, the profile, and they open the account, Hedman said. Yeah. Well, yeah, and here's the part that's like, uh, so Hamid said he uses, uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, Hamid, one of the TikTok middlemen in the camps, told the BBC he had sold his livestock to pay for a mobile phone, SIM card, and Wi-Fi connection to work with families on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So this has become, like, this isn't just, like, someone bought a, like, dropped in with some phones right. and went, hey, we can make some money. This is people literally selling one business Mm -hmm. to buy into this to be a middleman for people to go online and, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis their way to donations. Right. Like, that's just... What the hell? Yeah, this is... I mean, he sounds decent. He's only, like, really charging for running costs. I mean, that's probably better than many. Right. Um, but still it's just like, but now meanwhile, TikTok, uh, clearly states that users are not allowed to explicitly solicit gifts. So it's a clear violation of their own terms of service as well as, as the rights of these people. Right. Um, they have the right to share their stories online to try to seek support and sympathy, but she says these live streams lack dignity and are humiliating. Right. 
Um, so TikTok's rules say you must have a thousand followers before you can go live and you must not directly solicit for gifts and must quote, prevent the harm, endangerment or exploitation of minors on the platform. Uh, but when the BBC used the in-app system to report 30 accounts featuring children begging, TikTok said there had been no violation of its policies in any of the cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, after the BBC contacted TikTok directly for comment, the company banned all of the accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it said in the same we are deeply concerned by the information and allegations brought to us by BBC, and we have taken prompt and rigid action. Uh, this type of content is not allowed on our platform, and we further strengthen our global policy uh, around the exploitative bidding. TikTok, the world's fastest growing social media app, has been, has made more than $6.2 billion in gross revenue from in-app spending since <laughs> the launch of it in 2017, according to analysts and uh, company Sensory Tower. BBC approached several charities working in Syria to support families in the camps with an alternative to making money on TikTok Live. <laughs> a local charity, and I'm not going to try to pronounce, said it would provide basic supplies to the family for the next three months, helping children find schools, cover their educational expenses. But for most of the camps, there are few options for making money other than begging online. Hundreds of families continue to go live every day, and most of the money donated is still going to TikTok. That's insane. Yeah. Well, and part of it is this is kind of like Reddit Gold or whatever is how I think TikTok envisioned it. Right. Which is it's like a fun thing. Right. And so no one would care that they're making a shit ton of money off of it. Mm -hmm. But then this has turned that in-app purchase into a donation towards a family needing relief. Right. Just for it to be vultured to death, first by TikTok, mm -hmm. then by... Mm -hmm. um, like money markets and middlemen and, you know, by the time you take a gift uh -huh. from one end to the other, like you could like legitimately someone could sit there and like donate, you know, $10,000 to this family mm -hmm. and they may not even see a thousand of it. Right. Like they would be getting hundreds. Right. Not and, thousands, hundreds. Right. But the other side of this, and we've seen this, we've made this bad business decision. Mm -hmm. If y'all remember, those that have been around, we're going to talk about this and then we got to go, we're going to do a, a double commercial, guys, because we really messed up our commercial breaks. We're sorry. Sorry. We, we got really into got into this. these. Yeah. Um, when I worked for the Indian company, we had a major problem a major currency transformational problem with fees and, you know, an international bank and transfer. And, and it's like, yeah, I made like 20,000 rubles there, but that turned into <laughs> two bucks here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you've also had a problem with another network that would uh, screw up uh -huh. and send your U S dollar uh -huh. balance 
uh-huh. in Australian dollars. Yes. Through PayPal, which uh-huh. then had to reverse the currency. Uh-huh. So there were two currency conversions, and you ended up having to pay for both. Yeah. And then the like the currency wouldn't convert right. Right. Like it wasn't a one-to-one. Like they were taking the wrong information and doing all the wrong things to it. Right. And so by the time you would get it, mm-hmm. it would be like, you know, you made like a hundred dollars and you would get like 15. Right. And you'd be sitting there going, what the hell? Yeah. Because I had to pay and, two conversion transference fees and then a fee to PayPal to bring it to my bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'm happened a few times and I've had to go back and it, the problem is, is they are, they're used to dealing with international employees, but sometimes the Australian dollar there, they lump me into Australia because I, my, you know, my fee says dollar, mm-hmm. but it's the Australian dollar, not the U S dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I got involved with one at UNCG, and this was a moment of like it, international students are international student programs, I should say, mm-hmm. are a hard thing to deal with. Right. There is there's a lot of moving parts. There are student visas, there's acceptance to the program, there are terms and conditions with these programs. There's there's a lot of moving parts. Right. And what had happened is our <laughs> I, I you have to love every college campus, I think, has this one department mm-hmm. that just will not cooperate and play nice with anyone else for any reason. Mm-hmm. And it always seems to be um the uh registrar's office right or not well excuse me i think it's the registrar's office anyway where you pay your fees right all your little student fees all your class fees all your this fees your that fees your this other fees okay so what would happen is these students would be handed checks in one country Mm -hmm. in U.S. dollar amounts Mm -hmm. drawn against a foreign currency account flown across the ocean to lovely Greensboro, North Carolina, dropped on campus. They they do their move-in, their unpack, all their stuff. They've got their classes registered. All they have to do is take this check Mm-hmm. To the to the university payments office mm-hmm. and pay them, right. and they take this check and they go okay and they deposit it, right. And then this thing happens, right? Because all of this has to to currency convert, and it's not like the bank is two miles away, right? It is an international right. bank. Note effectively, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of moving parts on that, right. and it does not cash within a couple of days. Right, it takes a while because this is early 2000. Right, 
So they do all this. They, they, these students have packed, flown, shown up in the U.S., gone through customs, done the whole thing, gotten to campus with their stuff, unpacked in a room, gotten ready to start classes, paid their student fees. Right. And then because that check has not cleared with an X number of days, right. the university would cancel them from every single one of their classes, revoke their student right. visa all automatically, and so they are immediately deported right. back across the ocean on a long-ass flight with a now defunct student visa. Right. They would get back to their home country, have to reapply for a student visa, mm -hmm. get back on a plane, <coughs> come back to the U.S. Meanwhile, they've had to pack up all their stuff and mm -hmm. go home and then come back and re-register for classes, do all of this mm -hmm. because the university could not get that check to clear fast enough to make it happy. Right. The university did that for years mm -hmm. and would have to reimburse these students all their fucking costs. Exactly. For the 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 problem. That that was the, the working solution for probably a decade or more. Right. And then there there so there was a working group formed to figure out how can this work better. And I'm like. So please explain to me why they do not go to that bank and get all of these students debit cards and then take the, the bank account and deposit it in, you know, Deutschmarks. It was Germany. Right. Um, deposit in Deutschmarks, the equivalent plus some extra for exchange of currency and currency fluctuation, etc. Right. Make sure the bank does not limit the transaction amount mm -hmm. or has pre-authorized like a limitless transaction mm -hmm. you know, to the balance of the account. Mm -hmm. Send them over with that debit card. So then they're not paying with a check that's going to F the system every single time. They're swiping a card that instantly pays the university and settles that night. Mm -hmm. And the currency conversion is automatic. Right. Tell me why they don't do that. Right. And I solved a problem that the university had been working on for a decade. Mm -hmm. Because that suddenly became what we did. And the university suddenly saw a massive amount of money not spent apologizing to students. Mm-hmm who went through a teetotal student visa, international student experience nightmare. Right. And I'm like, y'all couldn't think of this? Like, the, how many doctors are in this room? Like, I had to ask my boss, I'm like, how many doctors? Mm -hmm. How many doctorates are sitting in that room? Had they ever educated themselves? No. Okay. Apparently, well, let's take a break and when we come like, back, well, we're going to be talking poly relationship advice because it's mountain bears. And Bizarre who's the darkness. asshole? There we go. Hi, 
I'm Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related to trying to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So, you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic.com. Safe travel and much profit to you. Do you have a cute pet? We know you do. Each week, Tracy Van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her Facebook page and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyVan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the High Priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal. And I work with um, <clears throat> access bars, Reiki, I do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing, that is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there, I'm still going through it, and I let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one -on -one session with me or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at The Pendulum's Path and let's get you back on the right track today. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers 
The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading for me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi, I'm Asa Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So... If you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site right for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. And we're back to two of my favorite segments. Yes, but I do want to quickly say, yes, Shannon, uh, the Bursar's office, Bursar's office, whatever it is. Um, yeah, they're all, they were always a bane of everyone's existence, because let me tell you, that is the fastest office on campus. The slowest to process your payment in monies, Unless they are finding out that your money is no good, and then they will shut you down faster than anything else you have ever seen. They will turn off your meal plan. They will turn off your uh, housing and residence life access. They will turn off everything mm -hmm. and disenroll you in a snap of their fingers. Right. I think they have buttons there. They just have I do. I think there's a big like red button that they just set and push. 
Yeah. Like, it's a very special button. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> How can you make that that easy and then everything else is a nightmare? Like, All right. colleges are nightmares. Let's just go ahead. They are. So let's take on some polyquad issues. Ooh, we're starting with polyquad. All yeah. right. Polyquad problems. One stable couple, the other unstable. Need advice with boundaries and how to not run away screaming. My husband and I just started a relationship with another couple. We are only about two months in, and sadly, I'm already seeing red flags that make me want to run away screaming. But in that short two months, feelings have begun to run so deep that at this point, dro dropping them like a hot potato isn't an option my husband and I are really interested in. My husband and I have been together for over 15 years. They are just barely under five years in. We met in a swinging situation, and suddenly we all fell in love with each other. Recently, they've let us in, if you will, and that includes relationship problems they were afraid would scare us. Show us your all, we'd say. We're in this for the long haul. Well, be <laughs> beings my husband and I have been <laughs> in a very stable relationship. We have offered to be a support system for the two of them. Someone to bounce things off of before things get too heated with each other. Maybe we can help defuse some of their fights. They have taken us up on that offer many times so far, especially this week. So we are really getting an insight in their relationship dynamics we did not have a few weeks ago. It sounds like to me they were on the brink of breaking up with each other and then found us and fell in love with us. Neither of the four of us were looking for a poly-type relationship, yet we all agreed that what we have is way more than friends and is worth keeping. In my husband's and I and my observations, we see things in the both of them that are leading to them not uh, feeling heard and respected by each other in their own relationship. She is impulsive and just does what she wants without cluing him in or considering his desires and tends to be very sensitive emotionally, which makes it hard for them to talk things out without an emotional outburst from her. On the same token, he is terrible about talking from the you and not the I, and the man is awful about expressing his feelings with words. I kind of want to sit down with him and have a conversation about what my husband and I observe, but I struggle with where the line is from being mentors and friends or meddling in their affairs and making things worse. I mean, when they are good, they are good, but things seem volatile for them right now. And they are probably more volatile than they should be due to the stress of all four of us trying to figure out this relationship. And I feel a personal responsibility at this point. Another area of concern is that everything is being made crystal clear that my husband and I are bonus to their relationship as a whole and not meant to replace anything. We've all agreed to a hierarchical agreement where our main relationships are primary, but at the same time, we have both basically been told we are a perfect match for them. Husband and her, him and I. I'm not sure what to do with that information. I realize that the whole point of Polly is that you can get your needs met for more than one person, but it seems like we are checking all their relationship boxes while the two of them are only checking a few, if any, of theirs. Um, they also both have mentioned never having had friends as good as we are. 
So what are we to do at this point? There is an instinct within me that says run for the hills, break it off now before it gets any more complicated and intertwined than it already is. The other part of me says stay, stay and be good friends with them. Stay because they keep struggling to uh, keep people around. And I don't want to be one more person to add to that insecurity and possibly stay, but with the caveat that in order to keep us, they must work on each other. How do we approach that without meddling, though? Or because we all agree we are all for in a relationship, is it not meddling? Do we just offer up our insights and let things progress naturally? How do we offer said insights without it feeling like an attack on them or without it falling on deaf ears as a piece of unsolicited advice? <sighs> There's a too long get and read, but I'm going to skip that because we did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, see, hi. All right. So, from my viewpoint, mm -hmm. everyone needs a book called More Love, Less Conflict. Yeah. You tell them part, the male B partner to man the hell up and express himself. And you need to let Miss Teary cry herself out and go, all right, now let's settle these issues. Okay. So basically you're saying go ahead because if this is going to be a four-way relationship. It is already a four-way relationship. Well, but that, you know, then yes, go ahead and say whatever needs to be said. You're not uh -huh. Because yep. that seemed to be her biggest stumbling block is like, is it meddling in their relationship or not? Because she points out their hierarchical. Right. So their uh, like their relationship is primary, you know, couple B's is primary mm -hmm. to their involvement with couple A. Right. So yeah, no, I I think that's what y'all said. That's not what's going on. It doesn't hard. really sound like what you're doing. Uh huh. Um, so I understand the confusion of are you meddling or are you not? Well, and then my other problem with the whole situation is polyamory mm -hmm. is not the band aid to avoid a breakup. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, 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 it is not. No, it is not. The poly is not the answer when you want to right. cheat. Poly is not the answer to save your marriage. Poly right. is not the answer. Um, for many, 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 many relationship problems. It just right. doesn't work. Now, if you don't have enough streaming accounts, Polly is the answer. Mm -hmm. Polly is the answer for streaming. Just saying. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, mm, you got a stable situation there. Do you really want to mix problems into it? Because we've been burnt with that before. Not even a Polly situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That sounds like she is in a very conflicted situation with this, and I understand her conflict. I think this was new relationship energy, and everything seemed great, and then you saw behind the, the masks. Uh-huh. And, and that shoots both ways, and I think they saw a very stable couple that could fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw a very broken couple that was on the brink of disaster, and you've got a very strong fix it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that has to be something like what I take away from it is I think that's something that you need to set boundaries on how far you're willing to go to fix it. Right. And then if they either get their shit together, everything's great. If they don't, you need to be ready to walk. Yep. You need to like, have I don't your... know what else to say on that one. If you're right. if you and... don't have your shit together. Right. At and some I point, don't understand well, why couples that don't have their shit together jump into poly to band-aid the situation. Well, exactly. Like that's one of those things. Again, they point out this wasn't exactly intended. Yeah, but it, it but just kind of yeah, possibly. Well, because then there's the swinging crowd, and there mm-hmm. are there is an unfortunate thing where a lot of swingers try to spice up their marriage is mm-hmm. how they get into swinging. Right. So they start having sex with other people, and then, oops, feelings developed with this couple. Right. And here we are. Right. So I kind of seems like where that one's at. Yeah. All is right. So are you an asshole? Am I the asshole for refusing to let my husband eat from my plate at the restaurant? We just came from one relationship, and I swear to God, this one's even more. Okay. Uh, my husband and I have totally different tastes when it comes to food. That's perfectly fine. However, lately, and whenever we go out to a restaurant, we both order different dishes. Then he suddenly asked to eat from my dish and would throw a fit if I refuse. He's done this several times, and I snapped. And told him to stop asking and order from the same order the same dish if he wanted it so bad. Last night we went out for dinner and ordered different dishes. Before we made the order, I asked if he was sure about the dish he picked, and he said yes. The food arrived, each of us had our plate and started eating. Literally minutes later, he asked if he could eat from my dish. I looked at him like, Are you serious right now? And he went on about how he couldn't resist the looks of the dish and really, really, really wanted to try it. I refused and said no. I kept eating and he kept pushing till I blew up and he got quiet all of a sudden. He then got up and walked out. He was furious with me and picked an argument at home when I got back. He said I acted petty and that all he asked for was a few bites from my meal and I chose to make a scene and yell, and embarrass him instead. We're not speaking to each other right now because of what happened. I feel shitty about it, and I think that I could have just let him have some of the food instead of choosing to die on such a silly hill. Edit. We pay for our meals separately. I have so many questions on this one. Uh, one, uh, no, I don't think you should feel shitty about this. I don't even think you're the asshole. I think this is a taste and preference moments, and that's a little harder of a boundary to set right. than it being like a clear and obvious violation of someone's whatever. Right. Autonomy, personal space, you know, obvious clear limits that most human beings have. This is a you thing, and you're like, quit eating off my plate. If right. you want it so bad, order one to go. If you well, want it so bad, order the same thing I order. If mm. you want it so bad, figure it out. You're an adult. Do something different. 
right. stop eating off my plate. Well, and here's my thing. It would be one thing if it was you ate your meal, you didn't finish your meal. I've not you took tried it home. That. It's sitting in the fridge. Right. I've and not then, tried that meal, or you took it home and you stuck it in the fridge, and it went through its seventy-two hour wait period. <laughs> yeah. No, this is in a restaurant that's probably a fancy restaurant that he could have just ordered a sample of. Or, I mean, do something different. Exactly. Do something different. Do something different. Please mm -hmm. do something different. Is what she is basically asked without asking it. Right. It doesn't seem like she's actually said, do something different. This mm -hmm. doesn't work for me. This is a personal boundary. Mm -hmm. Do not cross. Right. And he like, used to not listen. That's a bigger yeah. problem because if he isn't listening to that small thing, mm -hmm. so what's the big thing? Yeah. Well, meanwhile, they pay for their meals separately. That's scarier. Yeah, that's probably a little weirder. Yes. I'm not saying both of us aren't at the restaurant using and can potentially use the the uh, our own individual cards to pay for a meal, and we actually mm -hmm. have a game with that. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But, you know, and, and that could be a joint account purchase. That could be right. a personal account purchase. Like, we have a wallet. There are cards in it. We, we figure out whatever. Right. But rarely do we ever have a moment where we're at the same place at the same time doing the same thing mm -hmm. that it's like, no, 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 we're going to divide this and pay separately. Yeah. Like, yeah. That doesn't no. make sense to me. I understand having separate finances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is a no joint account situation where it's his and hers, not his and hers, but you know, yes, his account or hers, her account. Right. And this is how they've decided to work that and right. to avoid conflict in that regard. Right. Again, understandable, uh, understandably, if that's how y'all split things from the beginning is that I'm paying for my food, you're paying for yours. Right. Then I would have thought the boundary was already pretty clear. We ain't sharing food. Right. Do not eat off my plate. Do not eat my dessert in the refrigerator three days later when you want to claim mm -hmm. that the expiration hold has expired uh -huh. and it is now free range to eat my cheesecake. That waited six days. Thank you, mister. Yes. Yes. At, but yeah, that's also yeah. one of the perks of poly relationships. You go out on a date, you bring me home a doggy bag. Oh, yeah. Preferably that's... not the dog. No. Um, well, if such occurs, and then part two, yeah, uh -huh. if such occurs, and then part three, unless it's cheesecake, because that is a mortal sin. Yes. You do not eat my cheesecake. These are grounds for for a breakup. Sure. Um, I think we can all agree to that one. Right. Like, I have a pretty hard boundary around my cheesecake. Like, I will let it die in the fridge. Lonely, cold, rotting, mm -hmm. and alone. Mm -hmm. Before I will ever take well the information that someone else ate my cheesecake. 
Yeah, I know. Like, I will throw away a science experiment and be happier. Mm-hmm. That's all right. But what gets me is he's trying different foods. He's trying Which different is great. foods. He's trying. Yeah, but at what point, I mean... Well, that here's the point with that. Is when you, yeah. what you do, this is how she fixes his ass. Mm-hmm. You ask for a saucer when you order your meal. And you go, do you want to try this? Yeah. You put out a amount that you're comfortable with sharing, the same as if you would do with a nine-year-old, and you hand mm-hmm. him the saucer. Yeah. I mean, or you just start eating separately at this point, because I don't know how else to fix this. Yeah, one of the two. I mean, to the compromise that he gets a sampler of, mm-hmm. you know, if he wants to try it, it looks so good, great. Put it, I'll put you a sample, and you can try it. Mm-hmm. Not eat half my plate. Well, yeah, or try, yeah, try to eat off of your plate, yeah. um, or like it just becomes a thing of like, no, this is hard and fast, and if you do it again, we're not eating out together anymore. Right. Period. End of discussion. We're not doing this. Right. Um, that's the only easy way I can find to fix that. I think that's gonna, uh, but I think there's got to be far more red flags in this relationship for this to be this much of a problem. Exactly. Oh, make him pay for both meals if he does it. Awesome solution. I like that one. I like yes. that one. Make it a contest. Make right. it a contest. Um. So, yeah. All right, guys. It's been really great talking tonight. We're sorry we were a minute or two late. Um, we'll do better. Uh-huh. Um, and we will see you... Sunday night at 8 p.m. We'll be talking Psychic the Plants, and we'll see how interesting my new planner is. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. So, of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, uh, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Ashley Gish, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Donna White, and the Laughing Tree Grove. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become one of our Patreon supporters and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Yep. And if you are at Pride on the Gorge, come up and say hello. We'll be Yes! We will be there. We won't be there for Bridge Day. We finally, unfortunately, had to admit we had a scheduling. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. Because Pride on the Gorge. Yes. I guess you have a magical evening. Good night, y'all. Good night.